Hello and welcome to Army of Crime, your favorite comic-related podcast. I am your host, Matt. I'm here with my fellow host, Dustin. Hello, Internet. Hello. So this episode, uh, we are looking at the Star Wars comics called the Star Wars Tales of the Jedi series, which is, to give a little bit of a spiel, is a little bit of an oddity within sort of Star Wars comics. Um, so this is going traveling backwards in time, if you put it in your time machine, and go back to the period uh, before The Phantom Menace came out. And Star Wars actually was sort of fell off of the mainstream of popular culture for a while, because, of course, now with Disney and The Mandalorian and everything else, Star Wars is like this unstoppable media juggernaut that just makes, you know, giant Scrooge McDuck-like swimming pools full of gold every day. And there was a period where Star Wars kind of fell off the mainstream, right? So it was all comic books and tie-in novels, right? So Tales of the Jedi is kind of from this period when there was these like little mini franchises where they would try and spin these things out. So there's Tales of the Jedi. Um, probably the best example would be the Shadows of the Empire novel, which got adapted into a comic book and a Nintendo 64 game. And there were some action figures. There was a handful of video games. So this is from like the mid '90s, when Star Wars was not the quite the unstoppable juggernaut. It was still a big deal, right? But there was no movies on the horizon. There was no TV shows. And in this comic, you have something that's really just separate from everything else, right? It really doesn't tie into the rest of Star Wars. I think there's maybe a little bit of freedom there, in that Star Wars had managed to earn itself a little bit of obscurity, if that makes sense. So, for example, in this comic, you have, I think this got adapted, this got adapted into an audio drama. Um, and there's also the Dark Empire comic, which also got its own audio drama. Um, there were some action figure lines, but it, it wasn't quite the, you know, the giant money making machine that it has now become again and that it was once before. It's kind of this weird interregnum period in Star Wars. So, Tales of the Jedi is a comic series. The first one was published in the mid-90s, and they were written alternatively by Tom Beach and Kevin J. Anderson. The art is by a lot of different people, um, and it's actually six or seven separate miniseries published over almost, a, I think, about a decade of time. What did you think of the Tales of the Jedi series, Dustin? Well, first, I would say that, you know, you're saying that these are kind of like their own standalone thing, which I don't think is strictly true, because... They do. There ended up being a popular video game franchise called Knights of the Old Republic, which starts sometime after the series end and is kind of meant to be a continuation. And also, these tie in to other Star Wars novels and other kinds of things. And this series kind of continued after we both read these two omnibus collections from. Dark Horse, and later they did like Dawn of the Jedi or something like that that's set before this. And also, Star Wars was like, it was still a pretty big uh, cultural juggernaut at the time. So it's not like it, you know, was like Battlestar Galactica or something where it was like, hey, remember when there was this thing called Star Wars? I mean, it was still yeah. a right. pretty big I, deal. I, yeah, I think it's, but it's interesting to me to remember the time before there was any more movies. Um, and it really did just exist in like comic books and video games and novelizations, because I think 
um i don't know it's it's it, 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 it feels like a different time period i guess maybe it's that that's just my entirely subjective perception as you said it's not quite as standalone as you point out there was knights of the old republic which was not a direct tie-in but certainly inspired by it makes me think of like the shadows of the empire novel which was their attempt to push like a little franchise without a without a movie right because they had the video game the novel the comic book the action figure series with no actual movie or like tv show to go with it yeah so but that's all kind of like inside baseball like you know intellectual property management stuff yeah i think the relevant question which you asked is are these star wars tales of the jedi comic books any good and i would say that uh unfortunately the answer is no not really um the uh some of them they start out i think it's supposed to be set like five thousand years before the movie or four thousand years and in the early ones they do this a sort of like interesting thing where the visual aesthetic of Star Wars is kind of different and it has an almost like medieval look to it. Like the spaceships have all these like spires on them that make them, I don't know, kind of look like Renaissance uh, spaceships or something. So, and the characters kind of dress with, they have, everyone's wearing like a loincloth and all kinds of like weird armor and stuff. So it almost gives it kind of more of like a retro look to it. So that's like sort of interesting, but the actual comics themselves are pretty mediocre. As you mentioned, there's a wide range of artists that work on these. There's, so there's no, apart from what I just mentioned, there's no really like overriding, you know, visual continuity between them because some of the art is not very good, I would say. And I don't know if I, if we need to like, single out some of these artists, but the the quality varies, I think, pretty widely. And some of it looks uh, pretty like slapdash and it's not that interesting. And the stories themselves are pretty one dimensional. Like, I'm not sure there's really any characters that stand out or any like stories that are really, you know, all that interesting in and of themselves. I think it's more of just like an oddity if you already are a star wars fan you might find the premise kind of interesting but beyond that i'm not sure that these really carve out their own place in the world of comics yeah the the nuance i would add to that is i do agree i think the art style is actually the strongest part of it and it sounds like you would agree with that statement yeah but like how far does that get you well it probably doesn't get you all the way through the whole thing which is you know, six or seven miniseries. And when um, we say, I should clarify, because, you know, there's like some design choices, which are really interesting, which are interesting, but the actual like art, some of it is, you know, fairly, uh, you know, like I said, because there's like a different artist working in every one of these, I think, especially as it goes on, some of the art is not really that good looking. It's, feels like sort of like cheapish yeah it's kind it is a little all over the place the thing i really like for example you mentioned the very first one where it starts out and it's thousands of years ago and it looks like the middle ages in space um there's a really cool part that just kind of tickles me that where there's like a space invasion and they have like spikes driven into the ground like you would use to repel like a cavalry charge that they're using to um i guess try and spear like drop ships of troops and yeah 
Yeah, and it's kind of a fun, it's like a fun art style, like a fun kind of concept where you've sort of tweaked the space opera thing. So it's more of like high fantasy in space, which is kind of what Star Wars has always been adjacent to, I think. So I, yeah. I like that, and I like that that art style. And like you said, I think that really shines through uh, at the beginning when it's in the thousands of years ago. It, it kind of meanders a little from there. Um, I like some of the like the concepts, like the beast riders and stuff. And they're, you have these shots where they're, um, you know, marching on this giant walled city and they're all riding these creatures and they have like their war banners and stuff. And it has kind of a cool like fantasy style in some of those moments. So I, I do like these overall. I do like them. The I feel like the writing style is kind of dated. I think comics were in this kind of, and, and that's not necessarily to say that therefore you have to like it or you have to excuse it, but there's a way that comics used to be written where they were much more like over, almost like an overwritten, right? Where you explain everything as it's happening. And nowadays, comics are usually written uh, what's like more of a decompression style where you just show everything and you don't have to use the narration to explain things. Because the the writing in this is really the kind of writing style where the narration is kind of holding your hand through it. Sure, so at but times, there are well-written comic books from the 90s. I think certainly. the culprit here is Kevin J. Anderson is kind of a hack and he is the, I think Tom Veach is credited on some of these. Um, but I think the main writer for most of these stories is Kevin J. Anderson, who is a fairly prolific author. I think of like licensed, isn't he the guy who writes those like Dune co-writes those like Dune books? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the problem mainly with the writing is that mainly the work of Kevin J. Anderson and he's sort of a hack. There are two, I think, series that are written by Tom Veach, which I think are actually like noticeably better. For yeah. me, the standout is you have there's one series, um, and actually I was going to say that the painted covers by I think Dave Dorman are really cool. Yeah, the covers are amazing. The covers um, are really cool. I, I I do love the covers. But you have Ulick. Queldroma and the Beast Wars of Onderon by Tom Veach and drawn by Chris Gossett and the Saga of Nomi Sunrider by Tom Veach and Janine Johnston and David Roach. And I think those are two series which are actually uh, the, the strongest points of this that are the only two that I would probably recommend um, if, you, if your interest was just in like comics and not necessarily had a vested interest in Star Wars. There's a really great, like Nomi Sunrider is probably, she's uh, a woman whose husband is a Jedi Knight and he gets uh, murdered and she is sort of like forced to take up uh, his mantle as like a Jedi herself. And she's like the closest thing that you get to like a character in these stories. And there's a great, like the art in her story, the saga of Nomi Sunrider, which is, as I said, credited to Janine Johnston and David Roach, is probably the best art in this, in these comics. Like the inking, I think, has like a thicker line and like the faces and the like uh, figures are much more like expressive. It actually is like a nice looking uh, comic book series, which... Some of the other stuff is sort of like slapdash, like I said. And there's a great splash page where there's like this hut palace where there's like these giant statues and you see these like moons in the background and there's like a red rock 
with these huge like gargoyles and stuff and almost looks like a page from like a Philippe Droulet sci-fi uh, comic. So that's really cool. And then he's got, there's this other great splash page in that story that's like a, a giant wasp in outer space that's like been hollowed out as like a spaceship, which looks kind of cool. So anyway, I was just going to say that, that to me, those are kind of like the two highlights, which I think maybe uh, rise to the level of good rather than like... So to my mind, those are the uh, stories, which are, I think, the only two which do not have a writer or co-writer credit by Kevin J. Anderson, which rise, I would say, to the level of good rather than the rest of these comics, I think, are unfortunately kind of mediocre. Yeah, I would agree that those are the the standouts. And I think at its height, it's hitting kind of a pulp sci-fi kind of level, which I, I think is fun and is a good is a good fit for Star Wars. You mentioned um, like a European like sci-fi comic. And I think at its very height, it, it, it kind of hits a little bit of that mood in, in some of those stories that you mentioned, like the Beast Riders um, and the story of Nomi Sunrider. I remember that Hut Palace because there's like giant gargoyles and they're like walking through the tunnels that go through like the gargoyles mouth as you're reaching this like fortress. Yeah. And, it, and it's this place where um, like high fantasy meets like pulp sci-fi. Um, and it's, it is a fun that is a fun visual for the ones that pull that off. As you mentioned, yeah. unfortunately, not all of them pull that off. If you could take that, those those stories and, and those visuals and expand that outward more, I, I think you'd have a much more a much more solid, you know, set of stories here. Yeah, because most of these comics could just as easily have been set like five thousand years like after Star Wars. I mean, the actual setting itself is sort of interesting, but like you know, what do you do with it? And I think you get, occasionally you get these glimpses of like, what if Star Wars was like a weird, you know, European science fiction thing that was just like a crazy concept or idea like on every turn of the page. And yeah. maybe Which at some points cool. you, you get like a brief glimmer of that. But like overall, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Star Wars comic books, like, a, you know, just like oodles of them by the pile and yeah i'm not sure that these for the most part really differentiate themselves from you know most of those other ones there's jedis and you know all the characters are fairly like one-dimensional like yeah. Ulic Queld roma ends up being the hero mainly of these stories and it's like pretty much impossible to care about him at all he's just kind of a ding dong yeah you know um, overall, I did kind of like reading these, but I, I wouldn't disagree with your with your point too much. It kind of made me chuckle because there's parts where the Jedi look like 90s superheroes. Yeah, and it, it's like I I feel like the the some of the ideas here, like the like the pitchboard or something, would would be really cool because writ large, it's kind of interesting. Um, it kind of frees you from some of the I think some of the um, stuff that Star Wars is being kind of a licensed property that kind of burdens with because you can theoretically have some actual stakes and you, you can theoretically have some kind of cool things happen and you don't have to worry about fitting it in with a bunch of other stuff. And one thing that I kind of liked about it was the you know, the power levels of the of the forced users. I mean, it's kind of like off the charts compared to a lot of other Star Wars. Like there's a part where Naga Sadao uses his mind to detonate a star. And I think there's another part where somebody throws a star at someone else. 
or they or they take the core out of a star and throw it at a spaceship and like that's kind of fun it's like a high fantasy in you know in space which i think is a good look for star wars ultimately it does kind of meander and it feels kind of long by the time you're getting to the end yeah like overall this is like these suit volumes together is like probably like seven or eight hundred pages of comics if you're gonna read that many comic books like you'd much be better off reading like you know akira or Lone Wolf and Cub, the two other things that we talked about. Like, you know, what's what's interesting is the the writing. Actually, I feel like improved significantly um, for the very very last. Well, I don't know about significantly, but you can tell that it's an entirely different writing style where they're not trying to hold your hand with the narration for the very, very last story, which was published like many years later. I don't uh, know if, if you remember what I'm talking about. I do the know the story one. you're thinking of. I, I didn't. I think that's probably the ugliest looking one. And... Yes, unfortunately, the the art is not yeah and i did not i mean it is probably different is it better uh i don't really think so again it's like you have this one-dimensional character of ule Quadroma who's just kind of a ding dong and it's like do you really care about what happens to him and yeah I, I would agree results, with you that no yeah i would agree with you the um nomi sunrider would make a much better main character she's actually kind of interesting because when you first meet her she's this this woman who doesn't really want to be a jedi um and she at first refuses to build a lightsaber because she doesn't want anything to do with like violence and, and there's there's a nugget of an interesting character arc there well um, she's like a two-dimensional character and the rest of them are like one-dimensional characters right she has, which like, is the, a... in, the innovation in comic books is to try and have two-dimensional characters instead of one-dimensional yeah, I mean, like, four decades previous to this, that was, like, an innovation. Yeah. Right. It's because you like Quadroma's whole sh shtick is that he says he's going to, like, infiltrate the dark side. And, and as as reading this, and even the, all the other characters point out that this is a terrible idea and isn't going to work. And, like, yeah. reading it, you're like, okay, obviously that's not going to work. Um, it, it feels a little thin to, like, hang a whole story arc on. Because, as right, you mentioned, it's just it's... kind of him him being an idiot. Yeah, like his one, you know, his one character trait is that he's like a brash hothead. And he's basically just like, like, how do you feel bad for someone who's like master plan that the plot hinges on is just like him, you know, putting his head in a garbage disposal. Like, you know, like it's just a stupid, his plan. Yeah, he's going to like infiltrate the dark side. And it's like, this is obviously going to fail. And then, of course, when it does fail... You know, are you supposed to like have sympathy for him and be like, oh no, not him? It's yeah, yeah, it's just kind of dumb. Like, I don't know what uh, the thinking was behind that. Right, and that that's kind of what hinges a lot of the the second volume on, like the second half of the stories kind of hinge on that. Right, it just turns into people going up to Ulrich Queldrum and be like, no, don't do it, and then he'd be like, no, but I have to do it, and then it turns out to be a disaster. Right, like everyone it... everyone told him, and like the audience knows is going to be a disaster. Yeah. So that kind of makes it hard to really care about what happens to him specifically. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like most of what you're saying is like sort of interesting in terms of like if you were the people in charge of managing the intellectual property of Star Wars. But if you're just like a rando person out in the world who wants to read a good comic book, is this for you? It's probably, yeah, I would say it's probably too niche for somebody who just wants to read something. It, it's kind of, um, like, I kind of liked it, but I'm kind of, you know, a giant nerd. And, of course, I'm reading it from the perspective of, oh, this is kind of a spin on Star Wars. 
Right. I, I would agree that if you were just a random person who's like, hmm, a comic book, I, I would say, eh, I, I don't know if you're going to if you're going to get much out of it. Other than, like you mentioned, some of the early ones have a really cool art style and there's kind of a hint of something there. It's an, I wonder how much having the two writers kind of hobbles it because it, it, it really does kind of feel like the, sometimes the storyline is kind of meandering. And when you're handing it off between two writers back and forth, because I think I would add the other strong storyline is actually the very first one where it does take place thousands of years ago and you have like the Sith Empire and it kind of um, it almost looks like a Roman Empire in space at times. And it's this sort of civilizational wide conflict. And I kind of like that one as well. Um, and that's actually the very first one. Called the Golden Age of the Sith. Yeah. And I think the fall of the Sith Empire is right after that. And that's Naga Sadao and him leading the Sith Empire into like a war against the Republic. I think that one's fun. I, I like that one. It, the narration does do the thing where it kind of holds your hand, uh, which I don't super love. But I think that the, the kind of the 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 concept of it and the cool art style kind of I think carries it forward. As I'm flipping through this, unfortunately, my copy of this comic is like literally falling apart. Um, yeah, I think like some of the the aesthetic of it is like I don't know that I would necessarily say that the art is like amazing, but yeah, visually I think it is. That's the one that's like the most interesting in terms of what if Star Wars but different. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that the story itself is really all that interesting because again the characters are all like extremely one dimensional and the story is like very predictable. But yeah. It's a Star Wars. Did you hey, know Matt, that there wasn't what? What's your favorite Star Wars thing that's not a movie? Fascinating question. Um, probably the video game Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. What's your favorite science fiction comic book? Science fiction comic book. That's a much harder question to answer. Probably wouldn't be a Star Wars comic. No, I don't think that. Like, again, there's, like, buckets of these things. Yeah. But I feel like, for whatever reason, the... You know what's actually interesting, though, is that Alan Moore wrote, like, four or five Star Wars comics that are probably, like, the best Star Wars comics ever. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, and, what, of course, what he does, and I think those are collected in a... I have them... I actually have those in a two... Dark Horse has them in this two-issue thing called Devil Worlds. I don't know where that title comes from but and they're actually fun and they do the thing and you know what's interesting is i'm, I'm going to tie this back into our topic which is tales of the jedi and they do the interesting thing of kind of just throwing out most of star wars and just being like well let's just do something right yeah and i think that, that that's that could be the strength of the tales of the jedi and i agree with you that it, it kind of meanders i mean i think you had a more more negative opinion than i of it i kind of got a kick out of it but i think the strength of it is the fact that there's nobody in this that's related to any actual star wars continuity um for the most part, and you can just do whatever. And that gives you a chance to, to to make up stuff. And it's not just people you've seen before drawn by an artist, you know, fighting some variation of something you've seen before. In in theory, it lets you just kind of make up some stuff, which is fun. Would, um, would you have read all like 800 pages of this if we weren't going to discuss it on a podcast episode? You know, I, I like the first volume because the first volume has that 
has that um, Dark Age of the Sith or Golden Age of the Sith ones, and then you mentioned Nomi Sunrider. Um, I like those, the Beast Wars of Onderon, and I also like that, which is a kind of a fun, like, pulp title. You like Queldroma and the Beast Wars of Onderon. I don't know if I would have uh, read them with quite the speed to get through the second volume. I wanted to like it because I like, like I said, I like kind of the art style, and I like the fact that they really can kind of open up the engine a little and just do wacky stuff like they're throwing suns at each other and whatever. Um, just never really brings it all together, I don't think. Because as you mentioned, Ulick Queldromo's whole arc is just based on him kind of being an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would have finished uh, reading these. What we would your much. answer to the question be of your favorite Star Wars thing that's not? I would probably say the same. Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. Though the uh, Star Wars... Clone Wars cartoon show by Gendy Tartakovsky is actually really good. Right, as far as like a movie slash TV show. Yeah, if that counts, since it was like a Cartoon Network thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Alan Moore Star Wars comics are pretty good. But like, Those are fun. Um, you know what? I've read some of them, the the old Marvel Star Wars comics. I feel like there's kind of a charm to some of them. And the advantage there, too, is they really weren't burdened by continuity because they could just kind of be wacky. And sometimes you, you, you stumble on some fun concepts. I wouldn't say they're all home runs, certainly. Some of those are drawn by um, Carmine Infantino, which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, they're not, they're okay. They're Yeah, if it wasn't like Star Wars, if it was like Star Battles, the comic book series, like no one would care. They'd all be in a landfill. What would you pick? If you, so I was talking about this this weird period in Star Wars between the between where there was no movies and it was all just novels and comic books and as you mentioned there's a lot of stuff. Is there anything that you would pick out of that time period? So Any this is the time Star period. Wars things. Yeah, like before the Phantom Menace uh, came out and made a bunch of money and then shifted Star Wars to like the prequel kind of stuff. And after, I mean, I guess after Return of the Jedi because I I don't know if there was a lot of Star Wars content for some years there and then in like the 80s and 90s it kind of the engine got kind of started running again i remember liking timothy zong's thrawn novels i can't remember what the it's like heir to the empire and dark force rising i think the last command i remember liking those i haven't reread them or read them since i was like a teenager so i have no idea if they actually would hold up but i remember uh thinking that those were kind of fun but i read probably an embarrassingly large amount of Star Wars novels, as I believe you've read even more of them. And I yeah. do not really have extremely fond memories of the vast majority of them. They just uh, were kind of like filler. Yeah. And I think there was really no unifying uh, vision of, of what it, it was just kind of like everything was out all at the same time. It was just a lot of like, like stuff. I, I do remember read, liking those the ones you're mentioning. Um, there's a comic series of those that I feel like does a decent job. Um, adapting them into comic books that I read not that long ago that I that I could recommend to somebody, I think, um, if you have even a passing interest in Star Wars. I was going to say one other thing that I like um, about the Tales of the Jedi. You mentioned it kind of inspired Knights of the Old Republic. And I think if you ever read, and this is kind of getting a little farther afield, but like the Knights of the Old Republic comic series, which is kind of a spiritual sequel to these. I have read a couple random issues, I think. I kind of like that series, and I think it takes some of the strengths of this. The 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 um the fun art style really isn't there. It kind of looks more like you would expect Star Wars to look like. It doesn't have like the Roman Empire in space thing going on. But I think it it hits on some of 
the prom the premise of these or the promise of this, which is that it's Star Wars, but we don't tie to other characters, and you can just kind of do what you want. Um, so I actually like those that those comics. I've read those um, of that series before, the Knights of the Old Republic, which is kind of a spiritual sequel by way of being inspired by the video game that was inspired by this. Okay. It's kind of a strange family tree. Yeah, I have played that video game. I remember like yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like it's worth saying that if you want to read a comic book series that's not indebted to being related to previous Star Wars characters, you can just read a non-Star Wars comic book. I mean, that's also true. That's also true. What would be your favorite science fiction comic? You asked me that earlier. I really like the uh, French uh, Lone Sloan comic series by, uh, I already mentioned him, Philippe Droulet. It's like science fiction because it's set in space, but it's... There's no, like, science in it at all. It's just, like, crazy, wild, you know, stuff. And, like, basically, almost, like, every page is just, like, this crazy splash page. They're uh, pretty wild. I mean, most a lot of people will have a take on it that's, like, it looks nice, but there's, like, no story there, which is not wrong. But I find them to be pretty compelling. They're very trippy and bizarre. Matt, I know you're a fan of uh, the Meta Barons. I do like the Meta Barons. The Meta Barons is, I wouldn't say the strength of it. I actually probably would say this similar to what you just mentioned. The strength of it is the concepts and the art. The writing is, is, is it's, it's Jodo. I know you don't like. Yeah, he sucks. I, I would say, though, that in Lone Sloan, the right, in my opinion, the writing is good. I'm not saying that it's like a mixed bag. I think they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I do like the Meta Barons as far as a sci-fi comic. It's completely just like just making stuff up. We're just going. I mean, it's totally off the wall. Um, and just the stuff that happens is completely wild. And it's it's a based very loosely off of his aborted adaptation of Dune because you can actually see similar things to Dune in it in some ways. I have tried to read several Jodo comics and I couldn't do it. Sorry. Well, that's okay. I, the only one I would recommend would be Meta Barons, and it's there. It's it's problematic, as the kids would say. Uh, in certainly in some ways, I think Jodo has perhaps some issues. But you know, I, I did I did get kind of a kick out of it. So overall, you would say um, we kind of meandered there as far as topics go. But you overall, you would say Star Wars: Tales of the Jedi starts out kind of interesting and then turns into blah. Well, I would say that there is like probably uh, one or two interesting miniseries in here written by Tom Veach that kind of come towards the end of this first volume called Ulic Queldroma and the Beast Wars of Onderon and the Saga of Nomi Sunrider. And then other than that, those are these are all uh, pretty mediocre comic books. Yeah, yeah. I, I overall, I, I did like them. I do get kind of a kick out of it. I, I feel like me getting a kick out of the out of the tickling my brain pan with the kind of the art style of some of them is a big part of that. Um, and whether that, you know, that personal taste or not, what I would have liked was for somebody to take some of these um, and, you know, like expand it out more. I think you were saying like Nomi Sunrider would make a much more interesting central character than you like Quell Droma, that kind of thing. So overall, we're kind of mixed on Tales of the Jedi, uh, despite some strong points. Um, we recommended kind of a, an oodle of miscellaneous science fiction and Star Wars related things. I think overall, there's a nostalgia factor at play. 
with some of the Star Wars stuff because I think if you I, I even even admit this as someone who got kind of a kick out of it yes if you were just coming in off the street and you just found this and picked it up I don't know if if you would make it all the way through the end Thanks for listening. Uh, that was our episode on Tales of the Jedi. If you want to go to our site and check out our archives of all the stuff we've talked about, armyofcrime.com is the website. I am on Twitter at armyofcrime. Dustin is on Twitter at Dustin44444. And if you found our show even the slightest bit interesting, feel free to leave a review or to talk about us on social media. You can always reach out to us. We're... Uh, you know, sitting here waiting by the by the mailbox for your metaphorical mail to come in. You could probably edit all that out. I'll just edit out everything you said. Yeah. So it's just me talking to myself. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, thanks. As always, stay alive out there, people. I made a shrug there as I finished that sentence, which doesn't translate to audio recording. So I don't know if you want to add like a shrug sound effect. Yeah, I'll try to find a good shrug sound to put in there. <laughs>